The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. It's, um, it's good to sit with you. So um, just a, a note, um, the, the talks were, were, um, have been posted. Kevin, volunteer at IMC, posted those. So that's, um, that's in Audio Dharma for people asking about that. So um, there's a uh, uh, researcher, Psychologist McAdams. We are the stories we live by, but we should not forget that there is no good story that is free of struggle and tension. There is no perfect life narrative, just as there is no perfect life. The Dharma is made of thoughts and arises when thought ceases. It's made of thoughts and arises when thought ceases. The Buddha has given us so many thoughts, so many useful ideas, decoding suffering with such brilliant distinctions and categories. And, you know, if you, if you try to like parse experience, like what is experience, if you had asked me, Matthew, what's experience before I started practice, I would have made like some wild hand movements. And I don't know what I would have said, but it's confusing. It's very confusing. And so to begin to actually make some sense of it with brilliant distinctions, this is so useful. The path is about the most beautiful thoughts, you know, like, is there an image that is more beautiful than metta, loving kindness pervading the entire world? And this path is about uh, a deeply meaningful way of living, a way of living that makes life feel complete, a way of living where doubts about purpose, doubts about meaning really fall away. The Dharma answers are quest for meaning. And so the path is about meaning and the path is about stepping out of thought, putting down all meaning, all compulsion to know and to make meaning. And there's a kind of dialectic between this meaning making and stepping out of the realm of meaning. So much of our thought, so much of our thought has a kind of almost a defensive quality, like it's necessitated 
I fear. Our meaning making is necessitated by fear. Very innocent that it is such, actually. Some some, uh, neuroscience, the organism's survival depends on high fidelity predictions. The computationally efficient solution to this problem is for the brain to prune its models, kind of somewhat akin to beliefs, to prune its models using prediction errors. By processing the difference between a model's predictions and sensory input, the organism can indirectly quantify the accuracy of its predictions and improve the models that generated them. An organism that does not aim to minimize prediction errors over time would not survive for long. Meaning-making revolves around this kernel of fear, you know, uh, the need to know. We're contending with deep forces, you know, just we're small creatures amidst big forces. And sometimes I'll see, you know, just look at a, like a bird in a, on a branch and so fragile and like so many head movements, just looking everywhere, alert to sounds and movement, kind of like vigilance, you know, and um, we're, vulnerable in some of the same ways. And the way to deal with that is to conceive, to make meaning. And we often come to, um, come to practice drowning in meanings, you know, so we don't even know how utterly spellbound by our models, our interpretations, the kind of house of cards of our, views and opinions, uh, our meanings. And when our thoughts feel real, our life feels surreal. When our thoughts feel really real, our life takes on a slightly surreal quality. There's a kind of alienation in it. And so Gill's concentric circles of like the most elaborate fantasies out in the kind of farthest circle and we get closer and closer to here. The more intimate we get with experience, the less we perceive as being there, the less substantial life seems to feel. We make less and less meaning and this compulsion to like always be saying something about experience that starts to fall away. The compulsion to like talk about 
our life, to talk about this moment, to make meaning out of this bit of sense data that starts to fade and experience itself when we're not making so much meaning, not conceiving in such dense ways, it starts to get thinner and thinner. Experience starts to get more and more run through with space. Questioner asked the Buddha, um, associated with what do appearances disappear? How do pleasure and pain disappear? Tell me this. I'm motivated to know how they disappear. The, the Buddha's response. Appearances disappear when not conceiving concepts, not conceiving false concepts, not non-conceiving and not conceiving disappearance. This is because conceiving is the basis of conceptual differentiation. As the more elaborate structures of meaning-making, of conceptual proliferation falls away, uh, what is known gets quieter and quieter, less and less uh, substantial. It's both more there and less there at the same time. The field becomes less and less differentiated. The lines we draw between this experience and that experience, between self and world, all of this gets more and more porous and so we, we practice letting go of meaning and the need for meaning, letting go of the mind's desperate attempts to make conclusions, to land on a conclusion moment by moment. Sometimes I'll give the instruction in meditation like, come to no conclusions don't be satiated by any conclusion. It's just another um, conceiving moment. And then from the silence and the stillness, from that, we make new meanings. Yeah, we don't, it's like we don't find our meaning in stories. But in the intimacy with experience, like the building blocks of our stories is just this very intimate encounter with knowing, knowing in this really pared down simple way. And so the building blocks of our stories don't come from, da, 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 da. they come from this like encounter, encounter with experience. And we tell new stories 
about experience, new stories about who we are, new stories about what means what, new stories about goodness and new stories about what matters. And our autobiography, our autobiography becomes a Dharma story, a story of um, dukkha and delusion and clinging and release and love. And meaning and meaninglessness coexist. But the stories that come out of the intimacy of this experience, they're infused with space, infused with space. They feel different than other stories. Yeah, we make meaning out of experience. We tell stories about who we are and what we're doing. We tell stories about the the freedom of heart. But the urgency and entanglement with our stories, that starts to dissolve. We become more circumspect about our lives, our plans, all the meanings we make, the stories we tell. There is space everywhere. There is space everywhere, even as we live a committed life. So meaning and meaninglessness, dialectic, offer this uh, your consideration and um, yeah appreciate the chance to be with you today may uh, yeah dharma blessings rain down upon you today and uh, we'll regather 23 hours so uh, yeah thank you